Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Soul Hubbers podcast with myself, Kerry Davis Monroe, and Andrea Lucas. Andrea, I am so excited and delighted to be with you today. Oh, thank you. Likewise, likewise. And it's it's a gift. It's a gift for us both to show up. It is. I'm finding actually sharing this space with everybody in Soul Hub is a real gift. It's um it's wonderfully nurturing and being curious as I am as a coach. It's a it's a wonderful opportunity to get to know people in more depth. So we're going to use today to get to know you. Um, so the listeners can really get to know you, get to understand what you do, because you do something which I guess lots of us do something in particular, which we were just saying is easier to describe or we put a label on things, don't we, in order that our clients can sort of walk down that path. Oh, she's a psychotherapist or she's a coach or he's a he's a medical herbalist. But what you do is a real blend, Andrea, isn't it? Will you have a go at explaining that a little bit? Yes, yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that in. Um it is an interesting question because I don't like labels. And I know all my clients often say, I just don't know how to describe you. Mm. And, and and I think I'm with them on that. And yet, and yet, there needs to be some, some container of language. And really, I just believe that I need to hold a safe space, a space where anyone can trust what they share is confidential, and that they feel soothed and seen, held and heard, and secure. Because without that container, there's nothing that's going to happen in the treatment room, whether it's the psychotherapy work, whether it's working with the body, the emotions, um, the energies. The client's heart will not feel safe enough to open unless her nervous system is soothed. And if I do that with the body, with touch, um, it, just with listening, it, it is what, I don't know, the phenomena in the room will guide us. So I'm just, mm. I'm almost just like holding the light. I'm holding the light. And that allows that person to just then, for the very first time, um, open, open and unfold mm. and tell their story. Mm. So it's a I mean, what I hear through that is that it is a it's a healing process, isn't it? And I and I caught on to the fact that you said we'll allow her. Do you work exclusively with women, Andrea, or do you work I, with men as well? I work with both, but it mainly has been with women and all women of all ages, young women, um, mature women, wise women um, and men for sure, but preferably women in that. There's a calling. There's a calling for women to look inside and work with their nervous systems and for them to for them to step into their greatness. And that seems to be there's a you get the clients you need. So there's obviously something I'm attracting that I'm needing that we're both Mm. calling in that frequency to do the work. Yes, definitely. And we were talking before we went live and I was saying that, you know, the podcast here today is is really meant to to elevate you. And you said how funny because that's you know, that switches the tables, doesn't it? Because I guess what we spend our lives doing as um, as therapists of all different sorts is elevating others. So that led me to think, well, okay, because you spend your life looking after others and I know I have to be very careful about this. 
Mm. How do you support yourself? Who supports you? And how do you look after your own well-being? Absolutely. The most important question. The most important question I regularly, and this has been a long journey of great self-discovery through yoga, Mm. um, five times a week on my mat and with a private teacher once a week. Mm. Also, I have a therapist and I have a supervisor. That's all weekly and Mm. has been in action for 30, 20, 30 years Mm. and of showing up for myself to be held, to be seen, to be supported and to also unravel, unravel the, the, the magic that's happening inside of me and with my clients. So, and travel hasn't been my big thing so that I can't put that on the list, but there's nature, yoga, my girlfriends, my husband, and taking time out to have a therapist, to have a supervisor, And I cannot leave the space without sharing about a golden jewel of a woman called Leela, who's a body worker, who I see, who has really supported me opening up deeply in the last few years, more than any other therapist. So I regularly have body work, finally, Mm. with someone who is just golden. And I've done more work with her in two years than I've probably done in 30 years. Yes. Isn't it interesting? Because, you know, as people who support others, we have to have a real humility, don't we? And we also have to have a vulnerability, which then nurtures those connections that we have with others um, and recognize that we are all dealing with our own stuff as well. And actually, you know, stand up and be counted for that and take the steps that we need to deal with that to in order, you know, in order for us to become the supporters, the coaches, the therapists, which we, we really hope to be. Absolutely. Without self-care, I cannot show up for my client. I mm. I, I wouldn't and I couldn't. Um, and mm. for me to be vulnerable, I need to find a safe space. And I have found that with this divine body worker. You know, I've had so many treatments, body work treatments. And I remember one time, this feels terrible to say this, but I remember lying on the bed so, so frustrated with the the lack of attention, the lack of attuning, the lack of a, the lack of attending. I had to say to the therapist, I'd be more relaxed if I massaged you. <laughs> I mean, because yes. I have to say, I couldn't lie there because the ner- my nervous system yes. wasn't feeling soothed. And mm-hmm. that's one of many. Um, and obviously we laughed, we joked, and, you know, the treatment did finish. But it's where do you go? To be vulnerable, to mm. feel safe, to be vulnerable, to be to be held, to be heard, to not be judged. Mm. That I've had to really, really search for that. Mm. And to grow, I'm... Andrea, to, to help know yourself, isn't it? Oh. I mean, we were we were talking about the hips because you were saying you'd had a few problems with the hips. And yes. we know, you know, all of the yogis know that hips are what hold um, you know, sometimes all of your emotional energy or if something's going on for you. We feel it in the hips and my my hips, my yoga teachers always laugh. They are notoriously difficult to open up. And my cross-legged ah. position looks at, um, a bit like a, a taut butterfly. But we ah. were talking about your hips earlier, weren't we? And the fact that the stability, yes. I guess, in the whole of your life um, yes. is reflected in your hips. Is that right? 
it's it's a beautiful it's like a satellite dish and my hips became this kind of satellite dish because I never felt safe to Mm. put my feet on the ground to trust mother earth because the environment that I was brought up in along with my dear sister although it wasn't abusive by any nature it never felt safe so of course I would always tiptoe around and maneuvering and accommodating and 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 almost accommodating uh anticipating with this satellite dish which is my hips never feeling quite secure never feeling quite stable mm. and and never having my feet on the ground um so the journey has been for me to stabilize my hips so although i'm flexible that's a gift but it's also a curse because i'm too flexible to accommodate mm. yes. i've to learn to be grounded and to be secure and contained so that um, I don't deplete, I can preserve Mm. um, and I can hold myself steady. Yes. So in my line of work as a coach, we'd say we, you know, we were doing some work on people pleasing Uh um, and flip flopping to please and not really knowing who we are. Um, because actually we accommodate or a bit like the chameleon we change color um, in someone else's surroundings to be what they we think they want us to be so Andrew will you explain a little bit a bit um, more then as you were saying about your your childhood I guess the way that you were brought up in what way did you feel that you needed to mold or adapt or change I a beautiful thank you it it really was a matter of it never felt safe fully feel Mm. it never felt safe to feel the rage it never felt safe to feel the fear it Mm. never felt safe to to just feel and to know that that was okay that that was human that that was healthy so I would always I I would say twist out of shape which is hence where the Mm. hip comes in again so I had problems with my right hip twisting out of shape Mm. in order to I would say shrink and therefore self-regulate in order to care for the other and deny myself my full, I'm going to say my full light, my full, my life force. I would shrink Mm. my life force because of the fear of the judgment that I would upset the life force in the other. So there was a judgment. So I would go, dare to shine no it's too dangerous to shine so I would I mean look I couldn't be much smaller so I would be told you know don't be too big for your boots I mean look I'm literally not yes you're tiny I'm going to tell our listeners um Andrea comes in the most stunning beautiful little package um she is the life force resonates around her in a room so although um she might be small in stature um honestly uh, the energy and the heat fills a room but Andrea do are you are you meaning your parents kept you small Yes, I, I, I mean, I have to, I allowed them to, I didn't know any other way. And mm-hmm. I didn't know any other way to feel, um, to express how I really felt without the fear of, will I be loved? And of mm-hmm. course, you do anything to be loved, you'll do anything. And for me, I would just twist out of shape, soothe their emotional mm-hmm. states, and of course, deny mine which I believe has been in that wound has been what drew me to make sure that every second that that client is in the room with me, mm. she or he is so, so soothed 
and feel so safe and so secure. And that's my wish for every woman because then we can open our hearts and we can light up and we can risk stepping into our greatness. Mm. And making mistakes along the way. It's interesting yeah. you say that because I was listening to Gabal Mate's um, latest book around trauma. Yes. Um, and really, you know, you were holding that trauma within your body. And yeah. if we don't heal our own trauma or at least, you know, some of it, we can't heal all of it, but we need to be aware of when it pops up and manage it the best way we can then obviously that can that in, can inhibit the work that we're doing with clients, can't it? 100%, yes. It's, it is about, so the work in these last four or five years, but particularly the last two years, has been about honouring, honouring this fear, honouring the anxiety, honouring the terror that, mm. that has been within me as a charge. And it is just, a, it's a charge. It's an electrical mm. charge. It's a frequency. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, I just need to irk myself, mm. really push my feet through my yoga mat so that I can so feel the strength in my legs now. And in that strength of going down, mm. I can rebound up. Yes, I, I, I always say to, I, I like you work predominantly with women, but with, with men as well. I always say that's coming into your power. That's feeling your power and stepping into it, isn't it? And sometimes it's, you know, for the first time in, in your oh. 30s or 40s or sometimes even your 60s, but knowing that something isn't right and that you are holding that little bit of trauma and looking to fix it. Yeah. And and again, there's nothing to fix. That's been the greatest mistake when clients come to me believing, which is such, again, this patterning that I'm trying to sort of dissolve Mm. there's a belief that they think there's something to fix well the first thing I'll say to them is I'll say you are here because there is nothing to fix I'm not here to fix you there's nothing to fix and I'm not invested in that so if you think that's the work oh no because then I'm just colluding with the pain body Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that colluding. So can we go back a little bit, Andrea? How did you, I'm interested to know how you got to this point. So I know that we were talking earlier, your blend of therapy is is so unique, but you are both a sort of body therapist and body worker, but you're also a psychotherapist. So what were you doing before that? What led you to this calling of yours? Oh, I I think, first of all, I was so, um, in a way, like many, stumbling, not, not knowing. So there's almost a not knowing. And yet I'd be guided always by wanting to be and work with women so that we could all support each other. And I landed into the spa industry, into Champneys, in Tring, in Hertfordshire, mm. and work with a team of of women again, working with clients, booking treatments, working with treatments and allowing women to feel great. Do you know, wanting women to feel pleasure, mm. to feel joy and to feel luxury and to feel, mm. just to feel that that there's so much inside of them that, that needs to be opened out. And I don't know, I just fell, I, and I fell into it really with the body work. But mm-hmm. the body has always fascinated me because the body keeps the score. I knew this on some level, mm-hmm. but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. I needed to go deeper. And that's what took me to <gasps> Regents College training, integrative psychotherapy, which practically killed me because I can't write an essay. And I love being with clients, but anything on paper, it 
it, it just was tough. It was tough learning. But you did it. So when you just said, I'm going to have to pick you up there, I can't write an essay. You obviously did. I did. Um, and I you did. passed with flying colours. So I you did. can. We need to rewrite that. Um, oh. You can and you did. Oh. And you are using that, aren't you? Without the psychotherapy, I could not be with the client with the bodywork. It would be unsafe. The boundaries, the containing, the confidentiality, the non-judgment, the, the, the skill set of holding a space um I, I I couldn't do and and of course the mind is the body the body is the mind it the, the spirit you can't separate them mm. and and the psychotherapy world is changing I think finally because it was very strict like oh you have to do this hour you cannot touch clients you're not allowed to touch I mean how can you be with a human being when we're all lacking in touch and yeah. say you anyway uh, I, I couldn't work like that. So I had to bring in the body because the body was in the room anyway. Mm, and just yeah. the shape, just our shape, just just our, our voice. That's all part of the frequency. Yeah. And I think, you know, where where we are right now with the world, with the energies, we're all craving connection, aren't we, Andrea, in ways that... Uh, you know, maybe maybe lots of people don't know it, but certainly I believe in ways that we didn't before. And we need that connection, that humanity, don't we? And I think you've helped me really answer that first question a little while ago, which was what drew me into all of this. I felt in my family disconnected and mm. I went into this profession to feel connected for the very first time. Mm. And that could only happen with the other in the room where two people are such divine souls feeling safe and then something magical happens in that space. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the offerings that you have, because I know you were talking and you were saying, you know, well, congratulations, first of all, because you were in Condé Nast uh, recently. Um, What a huge achievement that is. I want to ask how that happened. But in terms of the um, the offerings that you have, you were talking about one therapy, which is a day long um, therapy that you spend with clients, don't you? Yes, it's a new it's a new retreat or private one-to-one. So I believe everything is becoming more personalized because it needs to be that, that we're all unique. We are a cellular blueprint of uniqueness. And so how can one therapy solve and unwind and unravel? So I knew that I wanted to work with other like light workers, skilled that I so trusted. That's all that matters for me. That that I could bring into the day that when a client arrives for the whole day, that she's either having breath work, body work, more body work, more psychotherapy, that mm. that client is so for a whole day held and seen and soothed that her, her awareness of her patterns, her awareness of her sort of sabotaging habits mm. or behaviours or beliefs, we can really weave weave out and that she can really become so aware that in one day rather than going all around the world um in one day you can oh come away fully aware of any of the lies the beliefs the templates the scripts the messages that have not been serving you mm. and opening up the heart to allow someone for the first time to go, oh my goodness, I get this. Mm. I get who I am. I get what I've been doing. And I work with lovely Justine, a breath worker. She is a phenomena in her breath work and as a human being 
and Leela, who's the body worker I get. Yes, yes. Yeah. So those two, for a day, however, whatever the client needs, we bring in whatever that client needs for one whole day. Yeah, mm. it's intense. It's intense. Yeah. So is that, would you say that's your preferred way of working right now, just because the results can be so profound? or It's, it's another way. I'm not going to say preferred, and it's lovely for you to bring that in. Um, no, it's another way. Because one therapy doesn't, you know, we need these multitude of mm. skill sets to, to, it's a village, it takes a village to yes. raise a child, you know, yes. it's that, it's yes. that in one day, really. Um, and yet, there's something also extraordinary that happens in the one-to-one work as well for just one hour or two hours or three hours. Mm. So, it, it depends, it depends, it's what the client needs is, is you know, where, where, we, where we are. Yeah, that's so ironic that you said it takes a village to raise a child. Because, again, I was listening to Gabo Massey just yesterday on my walk. And he was talking about the fact that our journey and some of our trauma and our imprints begin from that, um, you know, from that time of being in the womb. And therefore, everything that we absorb, you know, it really takes everybody to take that woman who's pregnant and then that woman with a child and then you know, that whole process. And it takes everybody to recognize that that baby, that child, that fetus, that woman needs something different. Um, And I guess that's the level or the depth of the work that you're doing, Andrea, isn't it? Yes, because I think what you're describing there is what, what what also is going on individually for clients is also collectively going on right now with all of us. Even this shared space that you mm-hmm. uh, that you have beautifully opened up, isn't it interesting about stepping into power? And on the flip side, I've been supporting women to do that. And yet today you're supporting me to do that. So look at what's pivoting. Something's pivoting collectively, globally and individually. Um and it's, ah, it, oh, it, it, you know, it's, it's where we are right now um, that I feel is the shedding of the fear, the guilt, the shame that we are carrying, that I am carrying. And I would like to see a new pandemic of joy, laughter, and yes. also possibilities and, yes. and, and freedom and faith. I'd like that to be the new pandemic not the fear, guilt, shame that needs to be shed. Yeah, absolutely. And and kindness with that, really, isn't it? Women kindness, kindness to other women and to elevate other women. Yes, because do you know what? Um, I was doing some work in a business last year around um, International Women's Day. And so Mm -hmm. I was doing some research and the research shows that it's not women in a business who are being held down by men or women walking into meetings and being worried about what they're wearing because of the other men in the room or um, what the male counterparts may be earning. Or It's actually their fear of what their female counterparts will be thinking about them and what their female counterparts might say about what they're wearing. And Thank you. it's Thank ironic you. that actually, you know, as you were saying, we should be with, lifting women and women should be supporting women. But we still have this yeah. side, I guess, that, that certainly in businesses, certainly in the corporate world where Sometimes it's the women, the females, who take the other females down, and it's those that we're worried about. And 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 this is this is so important. And if there's a theme at the moment for, for me where I am in my life, 
It's about the blessing of women who perhaps feel threatened by other women's. So as we step into our into our shining light, mm. we are going to cast more shadows. That's the nature. Mm. The greater the shine, the darker the shadows. So we need to be putting more boundaries around. And yet, though, blessing the others, for they must be in so much fear also that they feel threatened by the light. Mm. So we've got to watch that 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 judgment, which we need to shed that because they're only in their insecurity, their fear, they're, they're feeling threatened. We need to bless that and yet still step into our greatness at the same time in that if we can, we're showing the way for others to do the same. But it's it's a it's a it's a treacherous path. Yes. Yeah, it definitely can be. And, you know, I come from a sporting background and, and you know, that can be that can be tricky. Women don't always support other women. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I think some even some other countries do it better than us, yes. lift each other other up. But um, we don't necessarily do that brilliantly here. Yes. What I love about Soul Hub mm. is that we absolutely do. Um, and that we are devoted to lifting women and women not only that we support as clients but women within the group um and I think that that is make, what makes Soul Hub special partly do you Andrea? I, I think that's absolutely beautifully put and I would say to Carmen the reason I followed her from day one when I yes. worked with, when I was with her at the wizard school she is someone who I can trust that it will elevate women without any judgment yes. and genuinely from her heart believes in that and that's what one reason why I've remained so faithful to mm. this group, Soul Hub, because of that energy that that ripple is there. Yeah. And yeah. I feel safe to go on screen yes. and to show up because I do feel not judged by yes. Soul Hub. It's gorgeous. It's it's rare. It's a gift yes. and it's rare. And I thank Carmen for that. Yeah, she definitely, yeah. she definitely creates that and leads yes. leads the way. Yes. Um, Andrea, something that we were talking about again is obviously the client's journey um, in alignment with your own continuing journey. And you were saying that um it was fight or flight that drove you to this space. What did you mean by that? And when you say this space, you mean into my profession or into just generally my life? And um, just so I can really... Well, when we were talking earlier um, yeah. and we were talking about that lovely soothing, being yes. seen, being safe, providing that, yes. uh, you know, that that environment for the client, you, you were saying, well, actually, it was fight or flight that drove me here. And that's why I provide that kind of space. So I don't know if you do mean in your home space, your home life, or whether you mean professionally or probably a mix of both. No, it's lovely that you brought that up. And I would say it's only been in these last few years that I've even recognised I was in fight or flight. Mm -hmm. You know, that I've even become embodied in, oh, that's what's fueled my desire to support others. And I had no idea because that's all I knew. So in a way, how would I have known I was in fight or flight? When that's all I knew. So in a way, it's taken a, this long into my 50s to go, oh, I was in fight or flight in terror my whole life. I have since dropped 
all of it. I no longer entertain that fear that ran through my system, through my veins. I'm not interested. So it's really, this has been a turning point this year. I'm dropping it. It's like, I'm dropping the fear. I'm dropping the anxiety. I'm fed up with that. It, it, It got to the point that last year I thought, I can't carry on in this. But it wasn't that I could name it fully. Mm. And then I thought, oh, I've been living in fear all my life. <laughs> I couldn't. I, extraordinary. Now, I don't. It's like, I'm free. I'm free from fear. Mm. And I've got my feet on the ground. And I can feel my feet in mountain pose. I can feel myself going through the ground. And yes. I'm literally elevating. Yeah. And I've never been able to do that. (laughs) What was the absolute turning point then? Because it sounds, you know, you know that it's happened in the last year. Well, you know, we're going to have people listening to this saying, gosh, you know, I I know that I'm living in fear. You know, fear is such a a massive thing for people. And you didn't just say fear, you said terror. Yes, I have been. I would say that has been in my system. And, you know, all I can say was with a client this morning, and it came up in a different way um, about with her material. I would say just by, dare I say this to anyone who's not going to want to hear this, by showing up daily in my yoga practice or by showing up for my therapy or by showing up to be with my supervisor, not knowing why I was even showing up half the time, that the patterns on the yoga mat would start to go, oh, I've been doing downward dog for 10 years and yet downward dog today feels different. But unless I've done it, and unraveled it, it's a process. I hate that word. I hate that yes. word, process. Yes. But it's the showing up. There's something unfolds in the showing up, and it's not an overnight success. So when I say last year, da-da-da-da, mm. actually, it's taken me 30, 40, 50 years to wake up that I was living in fear. Yeah, of course it has. And it's... Well, showing up, yeah. Yeah. It's that showing up, but it's showing up with... Because we can show up, I guess, with a very closed mindset, can't we? Yes. Or we yes. show up yes. searching for something and knowing that there can be more and yes. open to something more happening and unfolding, don't we? Yeah. I Yes. And I would say the pain in my right hip was part of that bigger journey to I am going to solve this, whether it's to be, which it's not to be fixed, but I'm going to go into this hip and I'm going to work out. What? And of course, it was fear trapped in the hip. Yes. And I found through beautiful therapists that, oh, it just needs to be loved. Mm. It just needs to be held. It just needs to be soothed. Mm. And it, there isn't anything to fix. Mm. And well, I'm recognizing those emotions, Andrew, isn't it? I work yeah. a yeah. huge amount into. You know, if we don't understand the emotions, our thought processes and what's going on, then how do we choose to maybe find healthier ones or choose to substitute them? And you were living, you know, on a grid that I always talk about, left-hand side, high cortisol, terror is right up there. You know, so we almost have to let the body come into a space where it can be accepting of some different feelings. And I always say we're a mass of chemicals. So your mass of chemicals living in that high cortisol, it needed to free itself of those in order to be able to move into a healthier set of chemicals, didn't it? And I needed someone to allow me to be vulnerable to do that. Mm. Yeah. And I would say... Our nervous systems, for all of us, we're all in that frequency 
where the nervous system has a charge that's a that's the beautiful word the cortisol that's mm. flooding the systems and we're all trying to find a way numbing or fixing mm. or and that's not the way that's not the way whether it's consumption or whatever it is mm. and and it's like no our nervous systems are so wired and tired and mine was mm. and um and now it's not. No, now I now I recognize it. I go, oh, there I go again. Ah. And and in a way, what I do now is I go, ah, thank you for showing me. So I just thank whatever arises, I now thank it. Mm. Because it's an awareness. You yeah. know, lots of people do go through their lives um, oh. almost with their fingers in their ears, not wanting to feel, not wanting to know. Um, not wanting to sit in that discomfort. Yes, and I think the yes. discomfort showing up for us, yes. that's a lesson every time, isn't it? It's I a mean, gift. It is because, as you say, don't kill the messenger. Yes. Don't yeah. kill the messenger. Because that messenger is, I believe, the messenger or the symptom is the soul just tapping on the door to mm. say, hey, hey, how are you going to serve me today? Yeah, I love that. Andrea, I want to ask you a couple of other questions. I'm conscious of the time. Yes, I, I just want to come back to the um, the Condé Nast um, article. How did that come to fruition? Because what oh, a wonderful achievement. Thank you. And again, it's not an overnight success at all. Obviously, not, I don't believe in that. I think that can happen and that's great. But it was a collaboration, again, a collaboration with another divine soul called Justine who is the breath worker. And she just said that we've got something here. I want to work with you, Andrea. Let's see if we can get a journalist to come and have the treatment, which only happened in January this year. Wow. And he arrived, the journalist, a wonderful woman. Um, and we helped, we held the whole day. I was a big holding. It's a big day, obviously. And, um, and do you know, it was just collaboration. Mm. it's again when the frequencies are aligned the magic of the magic happens yes has anything come out of that has anything yes. exciting come out of that yeah well I just I think um the recognition of never give up and yes. also yes. never give up and also my clients asking me oh my goodness so we can have a whole day let's mm. let's so just greater awareness that we all yes. need we need support. Yeah. And, and I can't do any of this without my clients. So every day is filled with gratitude because without the client being brave to show up, I can't do, I can't be, I can't be anything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's Absolutely. the gift. That's the gift. So I think I might know the answer to this, but Carmen is going to want me to ask you, what makes you feel soulful? Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful question. So many things. What comes to my mind is working with my hands, but actually I think the deepest, most soulful place I've been is staring into the eyes of animals, the love and the joy mm -hmm. of the innocence of the spirit of the animal. And it's just that, that makes me feel the most soulful is being in nature with animals um, and massage, touch. Yes. Touch. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you with the animals. I mean, I have a, yeah. I make no secret, I've, I've got a dog that I'm besotted oh. with. Oh. 
Um, and I do most of my breath work or my meditation with her. There's oh. such an innocence and yes. purity with That's animals, it. isn't there? There's a lack of complication. Oh, you've made my day. Yes. Hearing you share that. That's what makes me feel soulful is you you sharing what you've just shared. Oh. And, and I get it. I get yes. it. It's a it's a safeness, I guess. If I, you know, for me, if I'm ever feeling a little bit angsty or you can feel that you're a bit wired for any reason or triggered, yes. I just come to my dog because she simplifies everything for me. She brings everything down to just a few basics and makes you think oh of course yeah that that doesn't matter you know we can let all that go I honestly believe you've just said everything there in a nutshell about the divine connection to an animal and it's been six years since I lost my two darling doggies and I'm still grieving I'm still I'm still grieving I'm gonna own that yes I'm not ready yet to get another animal but I will because yeah. life without animals frankly well it's just not life so yes that feels soulful that we've just shared that together yes and funny enough I've had three clients uh, before Christmas and up until this point that that lost um a oh. pet oh and it has you know you're oh. right about the healing obviously when we lose people in our life we we don't ever really get over that and I think we are we do grieve um, and some people who don't have that relationship with pets would think, gosh, how strange to be feeling that for animals. But I've been working with people to to get over that. And it's an immense loss. It's so immense. And I'm, I, it's wordless. I haven't got words to describe the enormity, the oceans of grief mm. of, of losing uh, your your best friend, your your yes. spirit guide, your your everything. Yes. Yeah, I think it's that unconditional love, Andrea. Do you? Hundred percent. Do you know it's a lot? It's all of that. So much more. And how old's your little girly doggy? How old is she? Oh, she's six. And and we've been we've been all of us so besotted with her from the day that we got her. and yes. so I'm in a household with five of us. And the <laughs> first thing that everybody does when we come home, you know, is not to seek each other out, but to seek that's her out. That's it. That's, that's coming that's home. That's, that's having landed when we, when we see her. So, um, and I know I harbour a fear of, you know, a time when she's not here because I can't really comprehend that. So I really understand what you say when you say it makes you feel, you know, soulful. Oh. Yes, it it is that, and and sharing sharing that with someone like yourself, your beautiful self, with your darling little girly doggy. There's there's so much there that I think we don't even understand. Mm. It's beyond. It's beyond beyond, and that's that's probably one day when I escape somewhere. It'll be on a beach with my doggies, and that will be it in a little a little garden yes. house with my doggies and that is nectar that is that that is so that is it that's yes. that's mecca I've reached mecca if that's where I'm. <laughs> Andrea, that that seems to me like the most perfect yes. place to leave this I yes. think with you oh. there on the beach with your dogs um living in in nectar heaven just pouring love over, yes. pouring so much love 
Yes, yes. So there's a, there's a purity. Andrea, thank you yeah. so much for bringing oh. your whole honest open self today it's been um it's been a dream to to talk with you um and to open up and to find um, a different level of connection today thank you so much Harry I hear that and I receive that but I want to say it couldn't happen without you beautifully holding this space with such skill and such a generous heart thank you for making me feel really welcome here thank you Oh, well, you, I, I think it's my curiosity rather than anything else. Yes. But um, you you today are the one that have brought something really, really special. So I'm so grateful for that and so privileged to be mm. able to hold this space for you. Thank mm. you so, so much, Andrea. A pleasure. A pleasure for all of us. A pleasure.